everyone. Welcome to my podcast, Re-Envision Health, where we explore the space where health technology and data merge. I'm thrilled you're here today. Now, you've likely heard me comment on building a health team. I think of my health team as the professionals who I engage with, who not only help me when I have a health crisis or a health problem, but who are also there to help me get healthy and stay healthy. A member of my health team that we're going to talk to today is my naturopath. Now, this is a field that has grown, particularly due to our increased interest in our health and our interest in finding ways to get healthy, stay healthy, um, to think more about preventing illness and just using more natural methods and ways. Working with a naturopath is not an either or approach, as you'll see through our discussion today. Our guest today is Dr. Lisa Brett. Dr. Brett is a licensed naturopathic doctor and founder of Be Well Natural Medicine. Her goal at Be Well Natural Medicine is to utilize the best resources and practices of naturopathic medicine to empower patients to create lifelong habits that promote health and prevent disease. Dr. Brett, thank you for spending some time with me today. Oh, thank you for having me, Sylvia. I'm really happy to be talking with you. So for a lot of listeners out there, they may not be that familiar with a naturopath yeah. and just a practice. So could you just give us your explanation of it? I can. And it's really okay if your listeners are not familiar. Um, <laughs> I think there are still members of my own family who don't know what a naturopathic <laughs> doctor is or how to pronounce it. So it's okay. <laughs> Naturopathic medicine, uh, it's been around a long time, actually. It stems from kind of European nature cure medicine of two, 300 years ago using herbal medicine and water cures and the power of nature to help people to heal and to regain their health and came over to this country when, you know, European settlers did and was kind of the predominant form of medicine until the mid 1900s when, you know, the scientific Aww. age kind of really boomed and the development of antibiotics and more surgical techniques kind of took over as the dominant form of medicine. The basic tenet of naturopathic medicine, you know, is using the power of nature to help the body regain its natural balance or homeostasis. And that includes like the things I mentioned, diet, lifestyle, exercise, herbs, and now, you know, clinical nutrients. And, you know, over the years, more advanced things like intravenous nutrients and, you know, advancements in naturopathic medicine using more complex uh, nutrients to treat advanced disease and so on. That is interesting. I didn't know, I didn't realize that it had that history, actually. Yeah. It, you know, if you, in fact, in the early part of the 20th century, there were hundreds of naturopathic medical schools. And by the end of it, there were only three. Like when I went to school, I started naturopathic training in 1995, and there were three schools in the country. So it was a really a shift that happened during that century kind of into, you know, and you can see it in many parts of cult yeah. our culture, right? It's more of an industrialization of um, medicine as well as our food production and a lot of the ways we live. So what inspired you to go into naturopathy? You know, um, I was like a lot of people, I didn't even know about it growing up. There were a lot of doctors and nurses in my family, so I felt kind of drawn to medicine. Um, 
wasn't really sure what I was going to do when I got out of college, but I was <laughs> looking around in some form of healing work. But And while I felt interested in medicine, there was something about the practice. And I, I used to observe in my uncle's practice, he was an internist for many years. And part of it fascinated me. And then part of it just didn't, there was something that didn't click. Like, because I would see patients who would come in and they would seem to be coming back for the same thing they'd been there before. And there just seemed to be a lot of management things that kind of helped, but didn't really. And I don't know, something about that felt like it wouldn't be very satisfying. Um, and that's not to say mm. that, you know, there weren't amazing things that happened. And even in his practice, he helped a lot of people, but um, there was some kind of, I don't know, this driving me to do something that was a little bit more apersonal, that had more time with patients, and also that helped them kind of move through something to, to heal. So through kind of that process and in my own life, kind of getting my own health together and learning more about diet. And, you know, I grew up in the, you know, in the seventies with TV dinners and <laughs> like, um, yeah, like, you know, I had some of my own learning to do. Um, I came across naturopathic medicine and, and that there was this way to bring together a medical practice with the, where you could have a license and really work with people and also this um, mm -hmm. philosophy that really appealed to me. And I, that just made me very excited when I learned about that. And that was it for me. I Wow. Clicked. Yeah. Wow. I'm sure happy. you've seen some, some wonderful results <laughs> over the years working with people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I, yes. It, yeah. And, and I still really enjoy it. This is, yeah, my 20th year of practice. And I, oh. that part I feel grateful for. And I know you know about this too. There's when you're lucky enough to like what you do, it, it yeah. just, there's, you can't describe it. It's a, it's, yes, it's your job. And you also just couldn't do something else. So I feel yeah. very lucky. Excellent. Excellent. So you founded Be Well Natural Medicine. Mm hmm what prompted you to do that? Well, I had been in practice over the years, ever since I finished training in group other group practices, which was great. Almost always I was in offices with um, other naturopathic doctors, acupuncturists, often mm -hmm. a couple of times with uh, also medical doctors or osteopathic doctors. And uh, that yeah. was always just, it works wonderfully, right? Whenever you know, even as a patient, when you can be a part of a practice where there are multiple disciplines, um, you can, you get a lot of different types of attention and you can, you know, have kind of crossover. So I always really liked that. There just kind of came that point. I was probably around the time of my own menopausal transition, you know, when you start to <laughs> change things up in your life and um, like, uh, like my midlife oh, yeah. crisis kind of led me to, yeah, wanting to um, just go out on my own and, and, uh, have that autonomy of really having the practice, like, you know, exact, it, really in my own vision. So, um, I took yeah. everything I'd learned from all the people I'd worked with and made that leap in, yeah, four years ago, 19, uh, wow. yeah, 2016. Yeah. 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 Great. And I've known you even before that I you were with a group practice. I know. I, I know. can't even remember. That was, yeah, a few years before that. Yeah. Back. Yeah. And I have people ask me, it's like, okay, well, what's it like when you go there? <laughs> and, you know, 
kind what of can't happens do it in well. there. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a doctor's office. It's, I mean, it's like a nice doctor's office, you know. It's, right. It's not sterile. It's not but like it's smoky like with incense. You're going to a doctor's office. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, yeah, we got to get the essential oil. But... <laughs> I know. Yeah, you know, the house no one at the front desk, and, you know, it's there's normal. Rooms. There's magazines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I get it. There is a lot of unknown. And I think all the offices I've been in, I feel like have been this way too. And I really made that effort. We just, you know, try to make it a warm, welcoming place. It is a medical office, mm -hmm. but I tried to design it. That's also like, as if you were coming into, you know, my living room or something, but where people feel comfortable, it's professional. And, you know, we have a lab there where we draw blood and we do IV therapy and, you know, we, it's a, it's yeah. a, a medically hygienic place, but also um, yeah. we want people to feel comfortable. You know, a lot of the patients that end up in a naturopathic doctor's office have been already like down a long road. They've seen a lot of people, uh. um, maybe they've tried a lot of things, they've been frustrated. Um, and uh, so by the time they come to us, a lot of times they're just, you know, they're really... Um, at the end of, of their rope in some, you know, for some patients. And so we just want to yeah. have a place where people feel very comfortable. They can come in and they can really tell their story. And mm. that, it kind of starts even with our front desk person. I have someone wonderful who's, you know, runs the mm -hmm. office and, you know, people get to talking with her even. And it, it kind of starts right there, the, the appointment experience. And then when they do, if they do decide to come in and, you know, we are, try to be very welcoming and warm and then you know just moving forward even into what the first appointment is like it's you know we take time like at least an hour for yeah. us to really get um get the story and um, yeah feel. yeah I recall my first appointment and um you know I think we get so used to just quicker doctor appointments yeah. And just to sit there and talk to you for, it was at least an hour. Yeah. It's like, wow. I know we are so used to it, right? How you got your notes with your bullet points and how you like get it all in, right? It's very nerve wracking. I know I've had yeah. that too. Where you're just like anxious. You're not going to get it out or then you're going to leave there and still have questions. And then you don't get to go back for a while or reach somebody. It's, um, and that's, that's a stressful frame of mind to be in oh, right when you're really trying to take yeah. steps for your health so um yeah yeah you try to provide the opposite yeah and I, and I want to talk about a couple of things. I want to get back to the IV therapy, mm -hmm. um, but I'm going to get back to that in a second. Sure. I want to talk about you as a as a primary care provider. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about that some because, you know, just to be transparent yeah. to anyone who's listening, I mean, I started to work with Dr. Brent because of menopausal mm -hmm. symptoms. And, but, you know, there's other stuff going on with me at that time. You know, there was stuff going on around cholesterol. There's stuff going on with hypertension. Mm -hmm. And we've we've worked through a lot of that. And I've just got some really wonderful direction on how to handle those um, using much more natural methods, mm -hmm. you know, and starting to, in some cases, just move away from, from medication. But um, I just want to kind of want to get your perspective on working with people in this. Cause, cause I mean, when you're sitting down and talking to somebody for an hour, you're not just talking to me about menopause. Right. Right. Really about my life. You can't separate that. Yeah. We can't focus only <laughs> like, on one system. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that, I mean, and, and it does touch on a, even a, in what, what might be a parallel question is like, can a naturopathic doctor mm-hmm. be your primary care doctor or do you need somebody else? And the first part I'd say, yeah, of course people come in. Yeah. They might come, you know, menopause is a common one. That's been a big focus of my practice. And mm-hmm. so, well, of course we're going to talk about your gynecological symptoms and your history and what treatments we might do we can't separate that from like the rest of you right yeah. like how are you sleeping how is your digestion how is you know what uh-huh. does your labs work say what are your risk factors what's you know yeah what's your cardiovascular system doing uh-huh. so to that end there's never we can never we never isolate out a system we may focus on something but whatever we're doing is going to work better if we're also looking at the whole and, and then to that end too, you know, that, so that can involve some diagnostics, you know, whether that's lab work or imaging or that kind of thing. And then sometimes, and I don't, you know, I'm, this may have come up even in our work and there might be a specialist that we need, you know, maybe we do uncover that there's mm-hmm. a, an issue, a cardiovascular issue with, you know, where we have some concerns, you know, as an example, maybe there's some blockage or something, well, and we see some concerns on blood work. But we also maybe need something more. And that's a point where yeah. I am part of the team, but I can't do those diagnostics and I'm not trained to do it. And I might refer you out and say, I want you to go yeah. have this workup and then we'll get back together and talk about what comes from that. Um, yeah. If that's, I don't know if that's where you're going with that, but. Um, yeah. No, I am. Um yeah. You know, I just want to make sure that people don't feel like they're making kind of one choice or the other. Right. It's a way of kind of, I think, just integrating different perspective and support into your totally. health team. It works really ideally, yeah, if yeah. somebody does have a primary care and then if they're already under the care, say, of a cardiologist or, a, you know, an endocrinologist or something that it's just an act, mm-hmm. like we're all in it together together. I do have some patients who say they don't have a primary care doctor and maybe hmm. they're just leaving Kaiser, for example, and then now they're in a private insurance yeah. or some people are doing health shares or they even don't have insurance. And so they ask if I can be their primary doctor. And the answer is, um, for the most part, yes, I can, you know, I can order any imaging, ultrasounds, MRIs, that kind of thing. Um, I can order most medications, mm-hmm. um, not uh, controlled substances, but, you know, if you need an antibiotic or, you know, and sometimes we need to do something like an antidepressant or something, you know, I can do that. Um, what yeah. I don't have are hospital privileges. So if, you know, if an emergency should happen, I'm not going to be allowed to coordinate care with the emergency room or with the, in, you know, hospital internist. And so that's why I think it's always a good idea to have relationship with your primary care um, uh-huh. and or with uh-huh. somebody who kind of has that kind of access. And that's just, you know, there's just variations in our licensing uh, uh, level, uh, not at levels, but um, kind of the yeah. details of our of our board licensing. Um, and the other thing I was going to say about right. that as far as in network, out, out of network, if, if some things are just going to be better covered by your insurance. So do those things with those, you know, your in-network yeah. doctors, and then people will come uh, to see a naturopathic doctor to 
do everything else. And and I, you know, and I use that model and I'm very transparent mm -hmm. with my MD doctor and they don't have too much to say. I, know. I, don't think, I don't think they have a negative response. It's just that they're in a framework where they can't really say too much about it. So they yeah. just don't say too much about it. Which but I am great. very transparent with yeah, it is great. <laughs> yeah, if, if you don't get pushback, I think, you know, the best response, I think, you know, or like if someone's like, okay, you know, if you want to do that, that's fine. Or you want to waste your money, you know, that's up to you. It's difficult if you get uh, criticism for it. Like, oh, those things, you know, don't work or they're not FDA approved or that kind of thing. Right. That can put, like, you're fine because you know what you're talking about. You're confident you've been in this world for a long time. But, you know, some hear that with patients. Sometimes yeah. they get kind of, you know, just put in a difficult position um, with their other providers, which right. I think is too bad because everyone should really, yeah. we're all on the same team, right? We're all trying to help this particular right. person um, to get to where they need to be. And it's not a competition. Um, we all have different tools and they all work. You know what I mean? You're not going to come to me when you break your arm. You know what I mean? You, you don't, you want, you yeah. know, the person who's, you want the surgeon, you want the hospital. Um, we're all kind of working towards the same end. We just have different <laughs> methods and um, yeah, yeah. So it's best if everyone can play nice. You have to have members of your team who are supportive. Yes, exactly. So I have to ask you about IV therapy. I'm mm -hmm. a sports person and they're always talking about players, you know, they're having this kind of IV therapy and that kind yeah. of IV therapy. And I always felt <laughs> like I had no access to it in mainstream medicine. And then I come yeah. to your office and you're doing it. Is that a standard for naturopathic medicine? Um, you know, it is a part of a lot of naturopathic medicine offices. Um, it hasn't always been as popular or um, used as, as in many ND offices as it is now. It's certainly becoming more trendy out in the mainstream for sure. Uh -huh. um, but we've been doing it for a long time. And yeah, I think the original, uh, one of the original IV recipes from what's called the Myers cocktail comes from a medical doctor more than 30 years ago who uh, started using nutrients in that way. And it may go back even beyond that. You know, like right now it's out there, you know, these hangover cures, right? Or like, you know, <laughs> way to get rid of jet lag and that kind of thing, which is, you know, it's great. But the original usage for IV therapy really is to provide high doses of clinical nutrients to the cells bypassing the gastrointestinal tract. So the GI can only really absorb um, so much and some people even have more impaired absorption for other reasons. So they're really not getting nutrients from the food that they're eating. Yeah. So, um, you know, by giving much higher doses, we can really just kind of bathe the cells in nutrients and even, you know, certain kinds of herbal medicines that can be much more uh, biologically active than if you did took them orally. Mm. There's kind of a difference, I think, between using them therapeutically, you know, in cases like uh, if you're treating a condition, for example, very high doses of vitamin C are used to treat cancer, you know, 50 to 75 mm. grams, um, that kind of thing, versus, you know, when we're doing something for just for some for low energy, for some immune support, uh, both are very effective, but the yeah. intention's a little bit different. Um, 
you know, conventionally, I think if you think of IV therapy, really what you're talking about is just like hydration in a hospital, right? Or um, yeah, that's what you usually hear. IV, so there's a difference. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah it's, it's fun to see like these lounges pop up. And, you know, they're in airports, they're yeah. in Las Vegas, they're at Burning Man. <laughs> 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 I mean, it's great i mean it's not the same as what you're gonna get in an office those are yeah. usually pretty dilute recipes that are safe enough for almost everybody um we do it a little bit more medical grade but still good <laughs> but something to look forward to if you just want kind of a health boost or immune boost or something like that yeah yeah, exactly. We do a lot of those, especially during the, you know, cold and flu seasons. Um, we do a lot of what we, it's called, uh, it's an immune IV. We call it, the, like for us, we call it the B-Well, which is, you know, it's 15 grams mm. of vitamin C, which you could never take that orally. Um, you know, you would not be able to absorb that much. You'd have very <laughs> loose bowel movements. It would not be pleasant. Um, but... <laughs> Uh, and we do some, you know, some B vitamins and trace I get minerals. It. I get so, that now. Yeah, like um, usually orally, yeah. most people can, can't take more than maybe three grams, but um, by IV we can do a lot more, and it gets right into the interstitial space around the cells. So you're, we call it, just, you know, basically a nutrient bath where um, the cells can take mm -hmm. up. You know, these nutrients are cofactors for a lot of cellular activity and. Uh, repair and detoxification. So um, it's mul there are multiple benefits that um, you know can benefit everybody, but especially if you're dealing with something like a chronic condition or you know poor nutrient absorption, or you've you know been sick with something for a long time. You really we can use these therapies to help replete the body, and they're they can be amazing. Mm -hmm. So we're having this discussion during the time of coronavirus yeah. and particularly during um, a time when um, I guess a lot of companies have actually sent people either just send them home or send them to work at home. And, and yeah. me living in San Francisco, they've told us just to stay in your house unless you, there's only there's like a handful of essential reasons mm -hmm. why I can be outside. Um, yeah. Have you seen um, your clientele and your patients be more interested because of this? Yeah, and we are too. So we really, um, you know, when this was coming, we were learning more about this virus. We definitely, um, we had more interest and we were encouraging, you know, our patients to both definitely fortify with oral immune support mm -hmm. nutrients uh, and supplements and and then if able and you know they could come to do immune support iv therapy we were we were really encouraging that and actually it was a tough decision for us to you know yesterday afternoon yeah. decide just to close our office uh after the order came out you know, technically, you know, we are a medical office and we could have made the argument to stay open and even just to do the the IVs. And I know some practices have. It just was tough. You know, we really, we went around and around about it. And um, ultimately, you know, we just didn't want to send a mixed message of, you know, stay home, but come and see us, you know, kind of thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that was, 
but at the same time, I would say that um, uh, high dose, well, first of all, high dose vitamin C is being used in China to treat the COVID-19 patients and studies are underway mm. looking at that as a treatment and they're doing high doses daily, like uh, 25 to 50 grams. So there's promise there. Wow. And then um, just even theoretically, you know, filling the body with these absorbable form of nutrients really makes sense when there is the potential that you're going to be meeting a, um, an antigen at some point, you know, 80% of us perhaps are going to be exposed to this virus. And so this is a naturopathic medicine. This is what we do. You know what I mean? Is we, yeah. we really work on fortifying the terrain, no matter what it is, you know, what colds, viruses, bacteria, um, allergens, you know, uh, food poisoning, all that kind of thing. We, we can't control it all, right? We live on a planet right. where we share with parasites yeah. and viruses and bacteria and spirochetes and all of these things. This is part of the natural world. And they've been around for as long as life's been on the planet and they've continued to evolve. And, you know, quite frankly, in a lot of cases, really outwit the human, um, humans. I mean, <laughs> we've had amazing scientific yeah. advances, right? And we have amazing pharmacology and, um, you know, the advent of vaccines has kept a lot of, you know, diseases from um, spreading or being as deadly as they were. At the same time, I think we have to acknowledge that continuing to race these things and chase these things is not necessarily sustainable. And while we will continue to do it and that will be life-saving, I also feel like a power that we have is to fortify ourselves. And mm. um, that kind of comes back to all the things that we talk about, right? Like how we eat, how we take care of ourselves, how we manage our stress, how we optimize our nutrition and absorption of nutrients, how we supplement a diet that even in the, with the healthiest choices is not as nutrient rich as it used to be. All of those things will help us to navigate, you know, COVID-20, COVID-21, right? Like, um, this, yeah. end, like this, this is what life is, is, you know, continuing to be able to meet the challenges of um, this planet. So not to get all like soapbox about it, but I, I do feel like this is something, a power that we have right now is to strengthen yeah. ourselves and our immune response to you know, this particular virus or you know, whatever's out there. That's, I think that's really good advice. I was looking at um, a list of items that people are buying and I think what was on a list was like potatoes, um, yeah. of, course, of course, toilet paper, yeah. um, yeah. you know, hand sanitizer, know. water, oh, and vodka, right? right? Yeah, yeah, right, right, vodka. yeah. I guess either just drink or make your own hand sanitizer. Right, Yeah. right. And... And like, get in the produce aisle. There's plenty of produce over there. I know. You know that could be. There's really plenty. To I you. keep noticing that too. I know that was my panic. Like, uh, yeah, <laughs> I know. I mean, I think it is interesting. I mean, and you, if you even kind of break it down a little bit into, you know, talk about the high risk groups. Yes, or the elderly, and like that's understandable, right? Mm -hmm. That's and we have people living right. a long time, sometimes mm -hmm. not in good health. We have a lot of chronically not well aging people. And that's, you know, kind of even its own other conversation, but 
the other risk groups of, you know, people who are obese or have diabetes or chronic, wow. you know, pulmonary disease. I just think it's interesting to shine some light there about, you know, what are we doing to help people be less in an at-risk group, right? Um, right? Yes, we should try to protect the people in those groups from getting sick right now, because that's going to be such a strain on our healthcare system. But how about if we don't have as many people in those high-risk groups? Then that's less of a public health concern, right? And I know that, again, right. that's a complex conversation, but it's like saying, like, it's okay that our industrialized food complex supports obesity and diabetes, <laughs> um, but when there comes to be a health challenge, we are going to have to, like, go into you know, panic mode. It's not the time so much to address that, but, you know, that's a chronic issue in, you know, in this country is um, the way people are taught to eat and the way we just tend to chase things, right? Like diabetes, well, we have medications for that, you know, you've become obese, we have surgeries for that, you know, versus trying to prevent. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, 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 it's a public health issue. It's also, I think, a yeah. personal issue, you know, for us to, to think, of, think about ourselves in that way. It's true. And I know it's, you know, it's, it's not, it's not so easy And it, but I've just been thinking about this a lot, you know, like here we mm. are, you know, and, um, and I think some of the fear really does surround, in a sense, the powerlessness that we feel because we don't have effective antiviral therapies, you know, or at least not widely available or, or well-tested yet. And so that can cause a lot of panic anytime we feel like something's going to happen, but we can't do anything about it, right? It's like a tsunami is coming. So I've just been thinking a lot about how do we how do we address powerlessness, right? We, we do things, we do something. I think this is a, a fortifying our human body and the terrain with, where viruses are gonna land is something we can do. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of and taking care of our own that. personal <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That yeah. is good. Right. Um, you know, it's for us, it's for everyone around us. Yeah. And when I think about the um, barriers that people have to more natural medicine, I think this is a good time to kind of rethink it, and particularly just in the framework that you've just shared about our own personal terrain, um, just to kind of rethink that a little bit. Yeah, you're right. You're right, because I think one of the obvious barriers, right, is cost, right? If if a naturopathic doctor um, is not covered under your the insurance that you're paying for that your employers paying for then it can be um not you know you may not have access which is really really just it's frustrating i think to all of us as providers um we don't want to feel like we do something that you know is only available to a certain um socioeconomic uh, level um yeah it doesn't feel good it's not the basis of this medicine um, and yet that's kind right. of how the healthcare system is structured right now. And um, it's unfortunate because like we're talking about right now, like prevention is so much less expensive, you know, like um, right? uh, preventing, yeah. you know, a cardiac bypass, like, you know, is, or uh, preventing, you know, 
um, have someone having to go on, you know, expensive medications for life or needing a surgery, you know, that could be, have been prevented by you know, steps that uh, improved their general health or their condition before that. Exactly. Save, you know, trillions. I don't know. Like Elizabeth Warren would have the number. I don't know, but it's, it's, um, it's unfortunate. <laughs> it's got to be up there in the bazillions. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah. I, I also ask people to think about sometime um, it when, and, and if they're able to, you know, how much does the service really cost? Because, you know, yeah, you know, I know people, if it's not covered under insurance, they won't even look at it, even though it's a fairly inexpensive service um, or cheaper than yeah. what they would be paying for medication and specialist visits and, and that sort of thing. So they actually do the do the finances. Yeah. Around Agreed. Yeah. It's maybe just kind of mindset and kind of how we grew up, you know, like, uh, you know, a lot of us grew up just kind of, you know, not we didn't pay much for healthcare, right? We, you know, I grew up with the Kaiser card, you paid $10, you know, it was just, we didn't have a connection with what healthcare costs. So it's a little bit, you know, when you start really looking at, you know, or paying out of pocket for things that can feel, yeah, a little bit, you know, like, a, I don't know, discombobulating to what we normally spend money on. Um, yeah. But I agree with you in the same, at the same time, um, it's an investment and we end up, yeah, we end up paying for things that are consequences of, uh, you know, health issues down the line, um, you know, even out of pocket. So, yeah. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's a priority, right? Like, what do you, what's it worth to you to feel well and to stay well and to age well? Exactly. Like, what do you want to do that you're yeah. not really going to be able to do? Yeah. 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 Well, interesting. Yeah. That's an interesting kind of physical philosophical conversation we just had there about <laughs> health and obstacles and engaging and, and, and all of that. Um, yes, yes. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> um, you obviously love your work, but if you weren't doing mm -hmm. this work, what do you think you'd be doing? Oh, <laughs> I think about that sometimes because I, you know, I do feel lucky that I like what I do, you know, and then, um, uh, and I talk to you know women all the time who are thinking of changing careers, and you know I just kind of think about what mm. what if that were me, what would I be doing? Um, I well, <laughs> because I end up doing helping with a lot of my kids' um, homework. I know a I would <laughs> never be a good teacher, <laughs> but oh uh, god, yeah, this is going to be rough. Um, I, you know what? I think I might be <laughs> the only job that's ever appealed to me is, um, uh, I would love to be a book editor. I think about that. I love oh. books and I love that. I, I, that's, and I don't even think I necessarily would be that good at it, but, um, I have uh. a kind of a thing for grammar. And so <laughs> like, oh, I feel like okay. I would love to read other people's work and kind of, you know, help to make it better like I kind of do with my kids essays yeah none of their teachers are listening but um <laughs> yeah but that's the only other thing I think I would enjoy I I think there are a lot of things I would not be that good at uh I used to want to be a psychologist or do therapy um yeah. but then I had a lot of therapy and I thought I don't know if I, could, I don't know if I, I could 
<laughs> I don't know. A lot of people like me. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. A lot Hopefully of I never have like to that. Have, make that choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love, yeah, I love when that comes into the naturopathic office, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's all I have. Excellent. And how do you go about um, <laughs> kind of improving this health terrain, let's say, for yourself and for your family, like day-to-day mm. stuff? Yeah. I mean, I, um, you know, and you know this too, like the older I've gotten, the more I've had to to work at it, you know, just, Mm -hmm. um, I can't take for granted, you know, the things like I, where if I don't get enough sleep, I don't feel as good. I, Mm -hmm. uh, I can't drink alcohol. (laughs) You know, I can't really even, um, you know, I do things like, you know, have wine during the week. I have had to just kind of clean things up in a way that where I used to get uh, away with more. So, you know, I try to eat well. Um, we, we cook a lot at home. Um, uh-huh. so I, you know, love to go out too. I just, um, I don't feel as good if I'm not eating well, um, or eating, you know, fairly cleanly. Yeah. Um, uh, I do, you know, I try to do the things that I tell other people to do, you know, drink water, manage my stress. I exercise, I meditate when I can, or when I am enough to do it. And I I have a meditation teacher who helps me. um, And I, you know, I try to do personal work, you know, um, whether that, you know, when working with a spiritual teacher, you know, um, Uh, attending workshops and classes and, you know, ah, the things nice. that come up with me. Um, yeah. And, yeah. you know, and I take supplements and I do bioidentical hormones. And I, <laughs> I do the things. I'm probably not as committed or I, what's the word, like regimented as I tell people that, you know, they should be, but I, we're all doing our best. Um, yeah. And, you know, and I try to bring it to my children too. They're not, you know, they're not always the best eaters and we're you know we're all doing our best but right now I will say um I am really trying to be diligent and same with my children um just because you know because of this conversation we're having I'm trying to do the things not eat as much sugar um the kinds of things I know that run me down just because I want to you know I want to get through this time and be available I want to get back to work as soon as we're allowed to and um, you know, be of service. Excellent. So at the end, we're, we're, we've reached the end and at the end of each podcast, I like to leave, um, I like to leave my listeners with one thing that they can do to move forward. So Dr. Brent, what is Mm -hmm. the one thing that you would suggest we can do today to start becoming aware of the ways that we can improve our own health? Hmm. One thing I would say is actually to pay attention. You know, if you're not, if things are not feeling great, actually I think it's really important to acknowledge that. I think that we, especially as women, tend to mm. kind of blame ourselves or, you know, we're not working out enough, we're not, um, you know, mm. never doing enough green juice or whatever, we're having too much wine. But um, I think that there's something, I. I say that because I see this in my practice where people come to me and they haven't been feeling well for a long time, you know, maybe years or maybe since they turned 40 or something and they've just been living with it and kind of adapting. 
and getting used to it. And I just, that just kind of breaks my heart because time is precious. Mm -hmm. We have one shot every day we have, you know, in this life is really is a gift. And so if you're not feeling well, you're not sleeping well, you feel like your mood is a little off, even your libido is low, you're not digesting your food well, or, you know, anything that's feeling like this isn't how I'd like it to be, A, just start paying attention to that and then B, reach out for help, you know, whatever, acupuncture, um, mm. a nutritionist, um, a body worker, a chiropractor, you know, Anybody who will listen and give have kind of a way in, um, I think is really important. Um, I know that's not a specific practice, but it is something that it just feels like it's kind of a, a, a mission for me. I just, I hate seeing people lose time. And uh, mm. you know, a lot of times there's something that can be done and it's not anything you're doing wrong, you know, or just maybe something you're not aware of or maybe your thyroid's not working great maybe your adrenal you know uh response is depleted and you just need some support and those kinds of things can make a huge difference and then pretty soon other things fall into place and you remember what it was like to feel well so yeah that's my that's my advice thank you (laughs) yes Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And if anyone wants more information on you mm-hmm. or on Be Well Natural Medicine, where should they go? Um, well, our website is uh, bewellnaturalmedicine.net. So remember the .net. Um, it's easy to reach us through that. Um, there's a web, uh, our email is there. Our phone number is all on there. So that's a good way. Um, we are also now like, finally on Instagram. <laughs> And there's a Facebook page, uh, Be Well Marin, and uh, Instagram is Be Well Natural Medicine. So I'm trying to catch up with the. um, Okay. (laughs) But um, all right, excellent. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Brent. Thank you so much much for your time today. Of course, thanks for having me and letting me. Yes share all of my opinions. <laughs> it's, um, it's an honor to talk to you. And, and thank you for doing what you're doing. I think it's a great service. We, we need to help each other and share information. And, you know, that's oh. well, thank you. Of being a citizen. Yeah, of the world. So yeah, thank you. Thank you. Okay, everyone, be safe and stay healthy out there. Thank you for listening today. This podcast was edited by Terrence of 1015. That's T-E-N-O-N-E-F-I-V-E dot com. Notes for this podcast, as well as any websites and links that were mentioned today, can be found at reenvisionhealth.com. And please, if you liked what you heard, be sure to share this podcast or tell a friend.